0: You're hanging out after hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Good evening, Gamecock friends. Good evening, Uh, Clemson people that might be watching this to hoot and holler and celebrate. um, Good evening to um, all the Gamecock fans that are probably like me, a a little bit miserable right now. Uh, Obviously, the outcome on Saturday night um, was was not what the Gamecocks wanted, uh, not what the fans wanted to see. Um, you had everything riding on that game, and just an impossible, impossible start of the game to even to even fathom. And I've been watching the Gamecocks a really long time. You know, I was there sixty three seventeen a couple years ago. I remember the thirty to nothing game with. Um, you know, Clemson just pretty much doing whatever they wanted at Williams Rice Stadium, and, and probably could have scored some more points if they wanted to. Um, just an, a night that all Gamecock fans just want to, you know, just get out of their memory bank, get out of their mind as soon as possible. It's it's really really easy to to sit on it, to stew on it. Um, but my advice to you, and my advice to myself, is to not do that. It's it's never fun to lose your rival. It's never fun to get shut out from a bowl game. It it just it isn't great. And I guess at, at the top of this show, I should say I do apologize for for not having a a Clemson preview show um, last week. Um, I was just telling Phil and I talked to him a little bit on Friday about this. I was going to record Friday morning, but I had a little bit of food poisoning. <laughs> I am that fat boy that plucks at all of the turkey after it's been carved up and evidently there were a few pieces of the turkey that um, were not properly cooked all the way and woke up immediately with some some food poisoning some having to run to the bathroom so apologize for that um, you know when I when I was thinking about the South Carolina Clemson game and when I was thinking about you know what the outcome might be I was going to predict that South Carolina was going to win 24 to 20. I thought that Clemson was going to run the ball um, 40 to 50 times. I thought that Clemson's defense was going to have some moments that you know, absolutely flabbergasted South Carolina. I thought that there were going to be some sacks in the game. I thought that Spencer was going to be good enough to to push us past that. And, you know, the offensive line has been an issue this entire season. It it started against North Carolina. It got better, got probably didn't get worse than North Carolina until the Clemson game, but it was just the worst possible time for something like that to happen where the offensive line just couldn't get a push at all in the run game. Couldn't block for Spencer. Um, Just an absolute, absolute train wreck. That's, that's, that's really all that I can say about it. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going to pull it up real quick. I've, you know, I've, I haven't rewatched the game cuz I'm not at that place yet where I can rewatch the game but just just looking through some some play-by-play, let's just go through some drives. You know, starting the game and you know, I was I wasn't able to go to this game. Um I had um Thanksgiving with my my mom's side of the family, so it was a little difficult and I didn't know if I was going to make it actually with um the food poisoning bout I had on Friday, but you know, I, I can't remember a single NFL college football game in my entire life that started with a fumble return for a touchdown on a backwards backwards pass. Look, you know, I've watched the replay a thousand times, you know, during the game. I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but it looked like it was pretty much even. Um it didn't look like it was forward or backwards, and it was just gonna be too hard to reverse that, that call on the field. So Clemson goes up seven, nothing, and obviously all of Gamecock Nation is just flat, just flat, flabbergasted, flat, just in the morning. I mean, I was watching the game with my brother, and he was like, "It's fine, it's fine." And I was like, "I don't know if it's fine. I, I really don't know because you know you're the home team. You have the opportunity to to do some big things, and in that moment, South Carolina fell flat. Um, I don't know, you know, how that happened. I don't know why that happened. I know that you know and talking to a, a lot of folks that that i know that have played you know the game of football both you know professionally in college and high school no offensive player is taught just to let the ball just sit on the ground so i don't know if that was just an issue with you know start of the game jitters i don't know if it was an issue where the guys weren't communicating i don't know if for whatever reason Xavier and Spencer just thought that that ball was a forward pass. I don't know. I mean, I think that coming off the heels of a, a big 18-yard reception to start the game, maybe it was just an an episode of, you know, just lose your mind for a minute. Um, I don't know. But it, it, didn't, it didn't look good after that. And then obviously South Carolina gets the ball back, one play, nine seconds. Uh, deep pass down the field, I think Spencer had two wide receivers that were that were streaming there it was Xavier and it was Amarion Brown I don't know why two wide receivers were that close together running down the field um that's something that I that I'm not going to be able to understand for a while I thought Amarion was was wide open uh credit to the Clemson defender made a heck of a play um you know it was kind of thrown up in no man's land I don't I don't know you'd have to ask Spencer you know what was going through his head there but you know Spencer has been just nails, nails this entire season. Um, stood up under pressure time and time again. Made plays that Gamecock fans have never seen a quarterback make. And throw into tight windows, but that was just something that, I mean, immediately, you know, he probably wanted it back. And it was 7 nothing at that point. Uh, Clemson got the ball back. Three plays, negative one yard, two minutes off the clock. Um, punted the ball back to South Carolina. South Carolina had a fantastic 12-play, 81-yard drive. Um, the, the fourth down, fourth and fourth and half a half a yard. Um, I don't know why Dowell Loggins called the play. The Dowell Loggins called, but you know all's well it ends well. Luke Doty found his way into the end zone. It was a 7-7 game. It felt like it felt like new life was was breathed into the Gamecock football team. I know that the stadium on TV was was electric. I know my, my friends that were at the game were telling me how crazy the atmosphere was. Um, you know, it's a seven seven game. It seems like all is well that that ends well. You know, crappy start to the game. You got to refocus. You got to got to get your head back into it, and you got to say, hey, you know, seven points is never going to win this game for Clemson. Um, upon reflection, the Clemson didn't score an offensive touchdown in the game. Uh, their kicker turned into Adam Vinatieri. He'd been a guy that all season long, you know, Clemson fans held their breath every time he kicked it. I mean, the kid was, you know, off the street essentially before the Florida State game. And, and, and credit to him, absolute credit to him. He kicked some some tough field goals. I mean, he had, must have had a lot of adrenaline going through him. He was locked in. Um, all credit to, to that kid um, just made – You know, three field goals, all over 40 yards. I think a 50-yarder was mixed in there. And, you know, 16 points was all Clemson needed to win the game. Uh, South Carolina never really got anything going the rest of the game. You know, just looking at this punt, 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 into the first half. Punt, 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 downs. So... I know that there there are probably moments in the game that Shane Beamer will learn from. Um, I'm not a coach. I I don't know what goes through coaches' brains. I'm a casual observer of football, just like all of y'all. And I think that at some point in the game, you know, maybe going forward on fourth down with about 10 minutes left in the game might have been the right move. Uh, Clemson is very difficult to play when they have a a you know a, a Two score lead, especially with the running game they have. You know the, their offensive line has not been great so far this season, but the offensive line did enough to give the running backs room. They had over 200 yards on the ground, less than 100 yards in the air. Um, you know, it's just tough for a Gamecock. You know, for for my brother at least, <laughs> I think he might be watching. I don't think the realization that South Carolina was going South Carolina would eventually lose the game happened until the last two minutes of the game. You know he held out hope. I was sitting there saying, look, 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. I didn't see anything changing and I kind of allowed myself to understand that South Carolina was probably going to lose this game. I was preparing for the best. Um, obviously the best did not happen. Tough one. you know, the Gamecocks did force and force a turnover. Um, just wasn't enough for South Carolina to overcome overcome the the lead that Clemson had already built. And if you had told me that Clemson was not going to score an offensive touchdown, they kicked three field goals, I would have said Gamecocks are going to win. If you had told me that South Carolina was going to turn the ball over two times on the first three plays and hold Clemson to um, no offensive touchdowns and three field goals, I would have said South Carolina was going to win. Um, and some 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 nights are just like that. It's it, it's really it's really tough. It's really tough when you know you're a fan of the game. And and I always say this: fan is short for fanatics. We're all fanatical about our teams. We're all fanatical about a, a lot of things in life that just we're really passionate about. Um. So with that being said, I, I don't know what more to say about the Clemson game. I'm happy to take questions. I'm happy to you know, talk about the game. I'm happy to talk about the entire season, you know, just looking at looking at the season, obviously a 31-17 loss to North Carolina, a uh, 47-21 win over Furman, uh, a 24-14 loss to number one Georgia, beat Mississippi State 37-30, uh, a bad 21-point loss to Tennessee on the road, um, an inexcusable loss to Florida at home. Gamecocks should have won that game, should be bowling. Um, Missouri, just hats off to Missouri. I've said it I've said it numerous times on this show and, and throughout this season. I was not a believer in Missouri to start the season. I'm very much a believer in them now. Um, at Texas at Texas m has always been you know, a difficult place for the Gamecocks to get a win. You had three straight wins with Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, 47-6. to Nobody beat Vanderbilt by as, by as many points as South Carolina did this entire season. Probably their most complete game of the season. You're looking at the Kentucky game. Ugly, ugly game. 17-14. The Clemson game, obviously a loss. So, 5-7. The Gamecocks are not going to go bowling this year. Um, really tough for fans to stomach. Really tough for um, for the, for the players, for the coaches. I know that they want to win more than anybody else. Injuries to the offensive line didn't help. It's not an excuse, but it didn't help. Um, that That's just where Gamecock football is right now. And, you know, we tip our hats to Spencer, Rat- Spencer Rattler. We tip our hat to Xavier Leggett, all the seniors. Um, on Joyner, for what everybody wants to say about him, gave his all to South Carolina for six years. I have nothing but love in my heart for De'Carion Joyner. Um, a lot of Gamecock players are hurting right now, and you know all we can do is, is regroup. We all know that we need to go to the transfer portal and find some guys. We all know that you got to retain the, the best players we can. I'll just go ahead and say it. South Carolina will lose players to the transfer portal this year. Um, I, I can't get into names. I don't know the names, to be quite honest with you. I just know that there will be some people that are head scratchers that left. There will be some probably some key players that left and you just got to find a way to replace them with equal or better talent in the transfer portal. So with all that being said, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions tonight. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comments. You know, I, I posted on the Big Spur, you know, let, let me have it. I'm here for you guys tonight. It's, it's a time of mourning. It's a time for us to regroup as a fan base and we got, we got nothing to look forward to in, until, until, until Christmas now, you know, there's Christmas, the new year, uh, spring practice will be here before you know it. Gamecock basketball is five and zero on the men's side. The women's side is undefeated. Number one, number one team in the country. Uh, it's time to, to support all of our, all of our student athletes. It's time to, you know, whatever you say about Shane Beamer, he's not going to get fired after this year. So pour your support into Shane Beamer, uh, pour your support into the players and, If you got any NIL dollars, I would um, tell you it's probably a good time to contribute to that. Um, So let's look at some questions here. Um, Alex says, I'm still curious why those two false starts were called. Was it because Spencer had already clapped? Um, You know, those two false starts and Clemson was recreating the snap count. Um, And look, it's not a penalty unless the officials call it. I think that You know, there's there's back-to-back false starts. I mean, obviously the South Carolina offensive line was fuming about it. Um, But, you know, all is fair and and, and love and war, and you'll take every competitive edge you can. I I think that Clemson was doing some things to, to trick South Carolina. But on the flip side, you know, if South Carolina was doing that to Clemson, I think we'd all be celebrating. So offensive line has to be more disciplined. Uh, Spencer and the center have to be on the same page. Got to talk about that in the huddle. You got to talk about that on the sidelines. You, you gotta, you gotta overcome that. That's, that's not something that, that's not something I'm gonna get upset about. Um, you know, if you want to get upset about something, I mean, the, the third and the third and one that turned into a first and fifteen on the legal procedure. Uh, I don't know how that happens. Evidently, it was already a first down. The officials just did not you know, state it over the loudspeaker. But that's one that, you know, highly questionable to me, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. The the officials are going to make mistakes. The officials are going to give a benefit of doubt to South Carolina. Sometimes, sometimes it's going to have the benefit of doubt to their opponents. This was an, a game where it seemed like South Carolina couldn't catch a break on the field of play or with the officials. And, it's tough. I know that Clemson fans were were hooting and hollering about the non-holding calls on the South Carolina offensive line. Uh, personally, I don't know if there were that many holding calls, and I say that just because it didn't seem to have a problem getting to Spencer Rattler. But you know, fans on both sides of it are going to have opinions, and fans on both sides of it are going to be fans, fanatics, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be getting after stuff. So, um, Big Red, appreciate you, Big Red. You're a loyal supporter of the show. Uh, Great job by the defense indeed. The defense stood up. Um, I I have not been impressed with Clemson throughout the year um, at all on offense. I know that everybody was up in arms about Garrett Riley um, getting the offensive coordinator job at Clemson when South Carolina hired Dowell Loggins. I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm probably in the minority, but I would take Dowell Loggins over Garrett Riley right now as an offensive coordinator. I don't know what's in store for Clemson. <clears throat> I know that they have the, the Vecina kid. I know that Cade Klubnick probably will grow as a passer, grow as a quarterback. But Clemson has some severe issues that they're going to have to work through. And, and the answer isn't to run the ball 45, 50 times a game. They're going to have to figure that out. And it's it's not the Clemson we're used to seeing. So great job by the defense. I think the defense had you know, a phenomenal you know, last three games of the season. Um, definitely the best three games of the season. I know that a lot of people and, and look, you know, Jordan, I'm going to go ahead and talk about replacing white right now. Um, I know that the, the three, the three, three, five or three, five, whatever has been three, three, five has been a part of the defense since day one. I don't, I can't tell you what triggered it. I know that, you know, with Clayton white, um, he's a highly, highly respected mind in college football coaching he's somebody that um, a lot of smart people think very highly of i think that it's a combination of the players playing better towards the end of the year especially in the secondary i think that the three three five allowed the linebackers to kind of stay in their lanes um bam martin scott devo williams became heat-seeking missiles stone blaine was able to play in the box more um and and nick and dq and marcellus and and um, O'Donnell were able to kind of just man up and, and play their position, and it worked out well for South Carolina. Uh, I think that you know going forward, maybe that three three five is what the Gamecocks need to do. I know that next year is going to be a little bit different because you know you're going to have pretty much all the defensive linemen coming back. I don't think any of them should go or should try to go to the NFL. I think that um they all. Need another year in college. I hope it's at South Carolina. I, I know Travian well. Uh, Travian's a guy that's going to coach him up. Uh, Travian came in with, you know, kind of a hand tie behind his back, especially with recruiting. But you know, he didn't get spring practice with his guys. Travian is a madman. Travian is going to be somebody that that pushes that defensive line and gets them better. I think there's talent on the defensive line. I think that when you have a Dylan Stewart coming in. You have some of the young guys on the defensive line that, that didn't play a whole lot this year, you know, in that freshman season. I think that you're going to see some some more edge rushers next year. It's definitely, you know, defensive and defensive tackle is a place that, especially if the Gamecocks stay in a 4 3 like they played most of the year or a 4 2 5, they're going to have to get more defensive linemen, better defensive linemen. And it's a point of emphasis for the team. Um, should we replace Clayton White? I'm not going to speculate on that. Um, You know, I would hate for someone to criticize my job performance. Uh, I think that, you know, Shane Beamer is the ultimate person that has to make that decision right now. I think that if you're going to get rid of Clayton White, you better know who you're going to get, and it better be an upgrade because Clayton White is a highly respected football mind. Um, The results weren't there all the time this year, but, I mean, over his first two years at South Carolina, he manufactured a lot of turnovers, um, I, it, like I said all season long, it, it starts with getting pressure on the quarterback, and and far too often South Carolina was not able to get pressure on the quarterback. I think that Bam martin Scott coming back, Debo Williams coming back, Stone Blanton coming back, uh, Pup Howard getting another year in the system. Um, you, know, you got some linebacker recruits coming in. Window, Window, Great Gabriel, you know, seems to be somebody that has a lot of talent. I think that. I think it's going to get fixed in the long term, and I, but I can't say it's going to be fixed by game one next year. I think that's that's a tall order. But, you know, if you're going to get rid of Clayton White, you better know who you're going to get, um, and it better be an upgrade. Uh, Big Red says, I have a hard time admitting Mizzou, Mizzou is good, just not a fan of their fan base due to arrogance, but dang, they have three 10-win seasons since joining the SEC. Yeah, you're not wrong, Big Red. They also have two SEC East Championships. Um, they are a... They're a good team. They're a well-coached team. I, I, I haven't done my, my deep dive on on who everybody in the SEC is going to return. You know, we got to wait for early entrance. we got to wait to see what the transfer portal does, you know, look at signing classes. But, you know, Missouri had a, a really, really good formula this year, and I don't know if it's going to change. Uh, looking at, you know, we'll go ahead and do this right now. I posted this on the Big Spur the other day. But the 2024 South Carolina football schedule, um, you know, for better or worse, you you avoid Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. Uh, your, your non-conference is Old Dominion at home, Akron at home, Wofford at home, and Clemson on the road. You go to Alabama, you go to Kentucky, you go to Oklahoma, and you go to Vanderbilt. Uh, You got LSU at home, you got Ole Miss at home, Missouri at home, and Texas A&M. So going back to what Big Red said, you got to find a way to to figure out Missouri because it doesn't seem like they're going off the schedule anytime soon, and they have the Gamecocks number number right now. Uh, Big Red says Gamecock football, wait till next year. You know it does feel that way, but I will just I will encourage all Gamecock fans to remember this. Nil is a different world. It's a completely different world. And you know, I was listening to a college football show the other day and they talk about, you know, since Nil came into play, you see Alabama and Clemson coming back to the you know coming back to you know average of the elite teams. They're no longer like the two most formidable teams in the country. And Nil, I think is a big part of that. I think that, you know, if South Carolina fans as a, as a collective unit can find a way to, you know, contribute what they can financially without, without impacting their, you know, their family. I think it'll go a long way. I think that if you can find some big boosters to help out, um, you know, to get some things across the finish line, that'll help out. I think that the college football playoff going to a 12 team playoff, you know, this is the best time in my lifetime for South Carolina to be able to get to a college football playoff, to have a chance to, to play for a national championship. I mean, I think it's a, a better opportunity for South Carolina to get to the college football playoff right now than it is for the Gamecocks to win the SEC championship. And, you know, a lot goes into that. Uh, you know, you have to have a really good season. You have to have maybe one or two losses. Um, you got you to gotta find a way to, to get to the SEC championship, and then you got to win a game. And, you know, when you talk about 12 teams, I think it's a heck of a lot easier, especially being the SEC, to be a 9-10 win team. I think when you see the college football playoff expand to 12 teams, there's going to be some 10 win teams that get in. I think that if South Carolina can find a way to stay competitive, you might not have to say wait till next year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say that, you know, I think there's a better chance for South Carolina to get to the college football playoff in the next 10 years than there's ever been. In my lifetime, you know, say what you want about Shane Beamer, say what you want about him learning on the job, say what you want about, you know, the, the players on South Carolina's roster right now. But, you know, I was a staunch supporter of Will Muschamp almost until the bitter end because, you know, I wasn't happy with the own field results, but I didn't think anybody was going to be able to recruit better to South Carolina than Will Muschamp. And I was somebody that said, look, give Will Muschamp one or two more years let him get players in the program, let him keep piling up top 15, top 20 recruiting classes, and see what happens. And then you go get somebody else. But Shane Beamer has taken South Carolina recruiting to a level that, you know, South Carolina fans have never seen. So, you know, if if the NIL funds are there, if the 12-team playoff is there, and Shane Beamer keeps recruiting like he's recruiting, you know, it, it, a lot of this is the Jimmys and the Joes. And in my mind, at least, I think that this is the best opportunity for for South Carolina to find a way to be competitive in the SEC and, and on the national scale as well. Um, looking ahead, let's see. So Big Red said, um, game time football wait until next year. We just talked about that. Uh, Big Red says, hopefully we can get some running backs in the transfer portal. Absolutely. I mean, there is no excuse right now to not be able to find some recruits in the transfer portal. Uh, You know, DJ Braswell hasn't done anything behind the scenes or on the field that makes me think that he is a true difference maker. Uh, He's a great guy you want to have in the locker room. He's going to progress. He's going to get better every single day. I mean, he's someone you want in that running back room. But, you know, Mario Anderson and DJ Braswell and then, you know, I guess Juju still has eligibility left. You got to go find some other guys. Matthew Fuller coming in. Uh, I've, I've, I've always thought this, but, you know, I think running back is the one position on the field that a true freshman can come in and be really daggum good really fast. Um, running back, playing running back in the SEC is, is difficult, but, you know, the biggest thing for a running back in the SEC is to be able to know your blocking assignments, protect the quarterback, and make guys miss and, and pull away from defenders. And even the pull away from defenders, you don't have to have elite speed to be, you know, a, a really good running back. You got to keep the chains moving. You got to be able to pick up yards when your number is called. And, and yeah, some of that falls on the offensive line, but, you know, there's no reason that South Carolina can't go find, you know, they're going to need to find at least two more running backs, at least in the transfer portal or, or freshmen just to build that room out. You you can't go in with, with three running backs and, You know, I know Cameron Sandlin was, you know, taking some reps at running back. He's really not a running back. Um, He's going to be an H-back. He's going to be a tight end. I know the coaches are still pretty high on on Sandlin long-term. A guy that, you know, when they lost Jaheim Bell, they said that Cameron Sandlin can be a Jaheim Bell in time. But, yeah, you're going to have to find some guys in the transfer portal. Absolutely. Um, you know they missed out on the kid that went to Kentucky last year. They missed out on Logan Diggs who went to LSU. Um, they were right there with Logan Diggs until the, you know until he had to make a decision and the home the home state school was just too much for him. But there is a really good story to tell. Um, I'm, I hope Mario Anderson comes back. I don't think that he has any business going pro right now. But you know if you don't think that other teams are looking for running backs, Mario Anderson still has one transfer available to him. So I'm not saying that he's a big NIL guy, but they're going to have to find some transfer guys. Um, so um, YouTube user, sorry, uh, your name's not coming up in the chat. Will we come out ahead or behind in the transfer portal? You know, it's just, it's probably too early to say. I, I don't know all the Gamecock players that will enter the transfer portal. I mean, I saw something today. I, I didn't have a chance to check in on it. been a busy day that, Tanner Bailey removed South Carolina quarterback from his Twitter or Instagram profile. I know that Donovan Westmoreland has announced he's going to the transfer portal. South Carolina is going to lose some guys like absolutely. Um, You know, but it's all about who they can get. And at this point, you know, I think December 4th is the date that the transfer portal, you know, officially opens. Um, I think you can probably see and expect to see some flurry between now and then. You'll probably see a lot of guys that already know where they're going just because that's how college ball works now. You know, players players don't enter the transfer portal today if they don't have a good idea of where they're going. And and look, a lot of these guys aren't going for NIL money. Uh, like Donovan Westmoreland is probably gonna fall back to a Coastal Carolina type program. And he's just looking to play. Like he's not looking for NIL. Uh, Tanner Bailey has the the four star quarterback recruiting pedigree you know, a really, really talented player. I think that if Tanner Bailey goes to the transfer portal, then that tells you a, a lot of what you need to know about Lenora Sellers because Tanner Bailey can, can play football and he doesn't see a path um over Lenora Sellers if if he goes to the transfer portal. Um Cynical Airy says, Good evening Matt and chat. Hope all is well. Yeah, Cynical, you know it's as well as it can be after the Gamecocks um finish their season five and seven, but Look, I'm, I'm so thankful for all of you guys that, that hop in here, that listen to the show on Thursdays and Fridays. Um, you know, the folks that support me and, and, and what I'm doing and just doing what I love and, and supporting the Gamecocks. You know, this is my way to do it. It's my way to talk about South Carolina. Um, it's, it's really, really a lot of fun for me. So I appreciate you guys. And, and yeah, I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, Cocky Joe says, I'm usually not a fire-the-coach type person. But Beamer has to make changes as a D coordinator and some position coaches if we are able to compete with the top teams. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm not a guy that, that's going to call for for firings in a, in a public way. I think that, you know, you'll have every opportunity if you're a member of the Big Spur to um, to talk about this stuff, to, to put conjecture out there and and, and think through it and, and make your own hot board if you'd like to. Um, I know that the Spur guys, like, I'm not in the business of breaking news. I'm going to tell you what I know. Um, I can tell you that that I don't know if Clayton White's safe. You know, I don't know if, you know, Montario Hardesty is safe. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if any coach on the staff is safe right now. I know that there's been a lot of conjecture about Clayton White. There's been a lot of conjecture about Montario Hardesty. So that, that's the reason I'm mentioning those guys. And if you want to have more conversation about it, I trust me, there is so much conversation going on in the Big Spur right now about those two guys in particular. Like I said, if you're going to fire Clayton White, you better go get somebody you know is better. Um, and, you know, Clayton White doesn't do a heck of a lot recruiting. Um, you know, a lot of coordinators don't. But I will say that, you know, Clayton White's a highly respected. Highly respected guy. I mean, another guy that people talk about is Justin Stepp. I think it would be a mistake if South Carolina lost Justin Stepp. Um, same thing with Torian Gray. He's been on the hot seat on the Big Spur uh, numerous times this year, especially early in the season when the secondary was struggling. Uh, you know, for me, I'm not getting rid of Sterling Lucas. I'm not getting rid of Travion Robertson. I'm not getting rid of Justin Stepp. I'm not getting rid of Torian Gray. I'm not getting rid of Dowell Loggins and the other guys, you know, we all have our opinion on. Them. And, you know, I I think that if you're going to make a coaching change, it better better be an upgrade. And you know, there are things we can say about Montario Hardesty and his recruiting that are absolutely accurate. And it's not something Montario Hardesty doesn't know. If you're gonna be a running back coach in the SEC, you better recruit the crap out of your position and you better recruit some other guys as well because running back coach is not a position where you have to coach that much. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you have to coach up your guys and you have to talk about, you know, pad level and, and how you move through a hole, all those kinds of things. You got to, you know, work with the offensive coordinator on protections and you know protecting the quarterback and picking up blitzes and chips and all that. Like there is coaching that's involved, but it's, it's not the level of coaching of, say, like Torian Gray or, or Justin Stepp. Um, those two guys are elite, and I I don't want to see them go. Um, you know, to, back to your question, Cocky Joe, you know, Clayton White, um, he's had really good moments at South Carolina. These last three games have been really good moments for Clayton White. You know, has he had some some bad moments? Absolutely. But I, I just don't know um, what you do there, and, and, and you know, sp- And Shane's going to have to figure it out, and that's why you know Shane gets paid almost $7 million a year, Um, and he wants to be a CEO-type coach, so CEOs have to make decisions, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Big Red says, I don't disagree, cocky Joe, but I don't see a change coming for weeks. Like Matt said, you want to make sure you have your guy lined up before making that move. If you do make that move... Yeah, it, it's just a lot of different things. Like, you know, South Carolina's been behind the scenes with Cameron Fountain for a really long time. You know, that has been something that's been in the works and I still think it's very much in the works. You know, I don't I would say it's a greater than fifty percent chance that Cameron Fountain ends up a, a commitment to South Carolina. But, you know, what really opened that door and like not just cracked the door but opened that door was Southern California, their defensive firing their defensive coordinator. You know, when you've been recruited for a scheme, you've been recruited by a position coach, you know, is, our, is your position coach still going to be there? And, you know, when you make a move like that before National Signing Day, and I'm not saying trick the kids, but what I am saying is that you better make sure that your top recruits, uh, the guys that, you know, you're, you're, you're working to get on campus and you have a plan for, you know, don't have a reason to look somewhere else. So it could be a few weeks. I, I don't know. I know that, you know, like like JB, JC, and Phil said on their show today, you know, Shane Beamer moves at his own pace. Nobody's going to rush Shane Beamer, and he's going to try and do what's right. I mean, you look back at Marcus Satterfield last year, and and look, I wanted Marcus Satterfield gone, you know, halfway through Shane's first season. I didn't want to see him come back for a second season. But Shane allowed Marcus Satterfield to go get another coaching job before he fired him. And those kinds of things go a really long way in the coaching community. Um, you know, you can be as as you know tough as nails as you want to. And when you have the reputation of a Nick Saban and you can fire somebody if you want to fire them or Steve Spurrier or, or whatever, you know, it's a little bit different when you have to go find that next guy. Um, so Cynical Aries says he was the same way. I supported Muschamp as well. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't think they were going to recruit better. Uh, Big Red says on the game, um, Nick Imanwari had a game, hats off. He sure did. And that's the Nick Imanwari that you know Gamecock fans have wanted to see all season. And look, you know, the season's over. I don't mind saying this. JC was not wrong at all when he talked about Nick needing to watch out for Jalen Kilgore. Um, you know, Nick wasn't resting on his laurels, but you know, everybody needs to understand that iron sharp sharpens iron. And that's just where things were at a different point, and Nick answered answered the bell every time. Nick is a guy that the Gamecocks, you know, count on. He is one of the leaders of the defense. He's probably the leader of the secondary. He's a really freaking good football player. And, and Nick Imanwara has made so many plays for South Carolina, and that's the Nick Imanwara that coaches were trying to bring out, and they did. It might have taken a little bit longer, but, you know, I thought that Nick was going to be a – all-American this year. I just thought that, and I still think he has that potential. Um, Cocky Joe says at Big Red, I also think they need a true linebackers position coach. Yeah, I don't disagree there. You know, there's some shifting of responsibilities that would have to happen to make that happen. You know, a coach would probably have to leave to to make that happen. Uh, Clayton White, you know, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of. You know, head coaches and coordinators coaching a position group. There is a reason that you became a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, or head coach. And coaching a position group frees up an extra coaching slot um, for you. And, you know, I, I think that the linebackers played ridiculously well, um, you know, towards the end of the season. I think when Stone Blank got in position, when Bam Martin-Scott got on the field, Diva Williams, I mean, you can talk about Jerron Willis. I mean, I don't necessarily think you have to get a, a linebackers coach, um, but I think that all all ideas are on the table right now when it comes to South Carolina's coaching staff and and finding the best mix of coaches to secure the most talent and coach that talent up. Um yeah, Sterling Lucas Big Red is a hell of a recruiter. Absolutely a hell of a recruiter. Um yeah, I I I think that you got to keep Sterling Lucas. Um Michael says, <laughs> where can I get a microphone? I have a spare room in my house. Anyone can do this. Yeah, Michael, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got this microphone at Best Buy. You can go ahead and grab one there. I would love to tune into your show if this is something you would like to do. Um, hats off to you if you if you got the time. But, yeah. Uh, Big Red says, I remember the safeties being out of position more than anything else, and that genuinely has to do with coaching. Not sure what the answer is, but just hope we can get it figured out. For the next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of that had to do with the, the safeties, especially having to play and run support. I think that, you know, when the linebackers, you know, when Gamecocks were in the, the you know, before they moved to the 3 3 that, you know, they had to have a lot more responsibilities. And I think it got a little bit better towards the end. Um, cynical Aries says need to make a change in the running back coaching immediately. I, I think that, you know, Gamecocks could definitely upgrade there. Um, Cocky Joe, I was referring to a three-year body of work for Clayton White and the statistics. Yeah, the statistics aren't pretty when you look at them. I know that um, there's a couple people out there that have been keeping running stats. Um, I would say the SEC is a hard league, but it doesn't make it look any better when you look at the national statistics. Cocky Joe, um, Gamecocks need more out of their defense. They absolutely do. And you know, when I was on JB, JC, and Phil's show, JB had a good point we've talked about it in the past, but you know what would the defense have looked like over the past couple years if they weren't forcing turnovers? And that's really what South Carolina saw to um, to start the season. They weren't forcing turnovers, and you know teams are piling up a bunch of yards. Um, Hunter Johnson says, "Any truth to the rumor going around about Clayton being let go?" Uh, Hunter, I just tell you that everything's on the table at this point. I, I don't think that Shane has made a definitive decision on any of that. Uh, I think that he has ideas. Um, but you know, there are a lot of rumors out there and a lot of the rumors might have some legs is all I can say to you. Um, big red says outside of Leggett, who are you most proud of for their development this season and which position group are you seeing the most development offense and defense? So outside of Xavier Leggett, I'm, I'm probably most happy for Debo Williams, um he's a guy you always have to rein in. He plays like he has his hair on fire. Um, he's a phenomenal phenomenal athlete that can get after the pass rusher, can lay the wood. Um, he's a guy that I'm that I'm really, really happy to see have success. And what position group are you seeing the most development, offense and defense? Ooh, that's a tough question. That's a really tough question. I mean, I think next year you're gonna see a lot of development out of the defensive line. I really think that they left a lot of plays. On on the field this year, I think they're guys that have the ability to um to really make a jump. I mean, we saw a lot out of Tonka Hemingway th- last year, or two years ago, I should say. We saw a lot out of um saw saw a lot of out, out, of, out of Alex Huntley, TJ Sanders flashed a couple times. I think that you know getting a Dylan Stewart in there, getting a, a Zuma Lami, however you pronounce his name, in there, I think that um, defensive line has a has an opportunity to have a to have a big big positive regression and on the offensive side, I think that the offensive line is the easiest question. I mean, you know, we talk about football all the time and it's a line of scrimmage game and, you know, the offensive line can't get any worse. So when you think about a progression standpoint, you know, mixing in some more talented players in the recruiting class, mixing in some guys that are just going to get healthy. I think that, um, you know, the transfer portal is always tough at offensive line, especially offensive tackle. But I think that you know South Carolina has three really good freshmen offensive linemen, and they're going to bring in some really good recruits as well. Um, Hunter, I think you're joking right now. I don't think the Beamer Beamer might have been talking to Lorenzo Ward about suggestions, but I, I don't think that 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 could be true. Uh, I'm trying to take that as 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 you know. I'm trying not to laugh at it. Um. But, yeah, Hunter, I, I don't think that Lorenzo Ward is, has a a snowball's chance in hell of, you know, having a position in South Carolina. Um, yeah, you definitely got to keep Clayton over Ward. Um, DJ Durkin, you know, he has some skeletons in his closet, but I think a lot of that has been overcome. I think that Texas A&M had a million issues on, on their football team for the last two years. I think you can do a lot worse than DJ Durkin. Um <laughs> Yeah, Hunter, you're really cracking me up right now in the chat. It it, it would be absolutely atrocious if um <laughs> if Lorenzo Ward, you know, made his made his way back to South Carolina. Um, I just really want to take a second here and and talk about Carolina basketball real quick. Um, you know, we've kind of beaten the football thing to death. There's going to be so much football that we're going to be talking going forward. Um, over the next couple weeks, um. Yeah, Cocky Joe grabbed the D coordinator from Duke. Um, I don't know how much Mike Elko was calling that defense, but um, you know you could do a lot worse than offensive coordinator and potentially defensive coordinator from um, from Duke. They've definitely overachieved. Um, yeah, big red, you're right. It's B ball season. Uh, you know, tomorrow night the Gamecocks will will host Notre Dame. I think that um, my colleague John Little posted that on Twitter that there are only 12 seats available in the lower bowl for tomorrow night's game. Um, so it should, it should look really well. On, it should look really good on TV. I think that these players have been begging for fan support. You know, they went out to Phoenix, Arizona, they brought a trophy back. They got the hardware. They're ready to show Game Cognition that, you know, they are for real. Um, so, you know, looking at that game, Notre Dame is, is not having the best season. They're, they're probably a year or two away from being competitive, but um, South Carolina has another opportunity to notch a win against an ACC opponent. Um, looking at Ken Palm right now, um, South Carolina is predicted to win by 11 points by Ken Palm. Uh, just We'll take a quick look at Notre Dame just because um, we play them tomorrow night. So far this season, Notre Dame beat Niagara by seven points. They lost to Western Carolina by 10. They lost to Auburn by 24. Um, they did beat Oklahoma State, um, Mike Boynton, shout out to Mike, um, by two points in overtime, and they beat Maryland Eastern Shore by, by 20 points. So, you know, Notre Dame probably not as talented as the roster of South Carolina, definitely not the experience level that South Carolina has. Um, you look ahead at Notre Dame's schedule, they go um, to Miami. On Saturday, Raptor playing South Carolina, so this is a really big opportunity for South Carolina to get to six and zero, get another win over a Power Five team, and you know Notre Dame, while probably not going to be a quad one or quad two type win, especially at home, does have the opportunity to be a quad three win. It's something that's not going to look bad on the resume. Um, Gamecocks need to win that game. I think that the Gamecocks match up well with Notre Dame. Um, looking ahead after that, Gamecocks get George Washington on Friday, December 1st at home. And then they travel to Clemson Wednesday, December 6th. Um, Ken Palm has the Gamecocks losing that game by five points. Um, earlier in the season, I'll go ahead and tell you that that game was more of like an eight-point spread on Ken Palm. So Gamecocks got two big opportunities coming up over their next three games to to potentially get, um, you know, a quad three win and, you know, maybe Notre Dame Street, the schedule, squeaks that into the quad two range. But, um, you know, I had the Gamecocks going. I think it was 11-2 and two in the non-conference. Uh, looks like they have a chance to do even better than that. If they beat Clemson, just watch out because after that, it's East Carolina, Charleston Southern, Winthrop, Elon, and Florida A&M before they start SEC schedule. And this Gamecock basketball team is still a team that's coming together. Um, still a team that needs to figure some things out. Um, you know they're going to have to get more production from the post from their post players. Um, B.J. Max doing a great job shooting the basketball right now, but I think that they need to get some more um, steady contribution from the post. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, South Carolina is shooting the lights out of the ball right now. I've said this since the preseason. They are a really good, really good shooting team, especially from the three-point line and that's what Lamont Paris wants to do. He wants to spread teams out. He wants to create opportunities for opportu- for um p- for possessions and, point- and paint touches and you know Gamecocks are are pretty much doing all of that except for the paint touches. Um, Gamecock defense is, you know, top 100 in the country, 83rd overall so far through 5 games. Their offense is ranked 67th in the country. Those are both really good numbers and South Carolina is um is playing really good basketball. Um, the Virginia Tech win is a good one. The Grand Canyon win's a pretty good one. Um, they survived VMI when they weren't having their best offensive output. Um, but big game tomorrow night. I hope that everybody can get out to it and you know don't don't sleep on those Lady Gamecocks either. Ranked number one in the country. Um, it's basketball season now, and let's all put our all of our Gamecock kudos and all of our Gamecock fan support into these these guys and gals because they are both off to great starts of the season. And it would be fantastic for South Carolina men's, especially to find a way to continue their non-conference success so far. But y'all that's going to do it for tonight. Um, You know, I say this every single time. I'm so thankful for all of you. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to speak to you guys. Um, You know, talk, talk Gamecock sports. I appreciate all the comments. Um, you know, I'm here for y'all for whatever you need. You know, you guys give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time, and that means the world to me. I don't take this I don't take this opportunity for granted a single second. So I thank you for all of that. I hate the Gamecock football season ended the way it did, but, you know, there's going to be so much, so much to talk about over the coming weeks, and I hope that we're all here together for all of it. So with that being said, I thank y'all so much, and um, I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. Have a great one, y'all.